Hey everybody, Chris Fafalius here. If you enjoy One Hit Thunder, which I'm assuming you do considering you're listening to it right now, I want to tell you about another great music podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. It's called Riffs on Riffs. On this season of Riffs on Riffs, hosts Toby Braswell and Joe Watson are breaking down one iconic pop song each week. Everything from Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer to Journey's Don't Stop Believin' to Naughty by Nature's OPP. Each week, they crack open the song, trace its history, decode those cryptic lyrics, and unearth the hidden gems in its musical DNA. Not only do they dive into the song's history, lyrics, and impact, they also go down some fun and oftentimes hilarious rabbit holes. So yeah, if you're a fan of One Hit Thunder, I think you'll also enjoy Riffs on Riffs. So go hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady, you're my butterfly, sugar, baby. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady, you're my butterfly, sugar, baby. Such a sexy, sexy. The pre 9 11 2001 musical landscape was something else. While many new metal groups had mainstream fame, Crazy Town was the group to explode onto the scene with a pop single of two pierced white rockers rapping over a Red Hot Chili Peppers sample. I'm joined by my longtime friend and Good Nature podcast host, Tony Hartman, to discuss if Crazy Town deserved more fame or if they should butterfly away. One hit is all you need To make the money guaranteed And you can live off royalties Forever And it makes me wonder Is it just a wonder Or is it one hit thunder Alright, so first question right off the bat Are you more an epic guy Or a shifty shell shot guy? Man, I got to go with Shifty. Right. I know. I don't think we're here to drag. I'm, I'm sure if you went down the rabbit hole or just know like from pop culture in general, like Shifty has had a very checkered past since the success of this song. Um, but he kind of has that underdog mentality that I, I, I get behind for sure. Right. I would say that this song, as we discussed before the episode started a little bit, it's one of Piercing's biggest songs, the concept of Piercing. It's one of its biggest songs. Yeah, this is prime Piercing time. I actually... It's funny because uh, not to break the fourth wall, but when connecting with uh, with Matt about like doing another episode and the fact that this that butterfly hadn't been covered yet, it just seems absurd to me. Like this is such like I have such distinct memories tied to this song and like let's get into those right off the bat. Yeah, I think I was like the perfect age for when this song came out like I was in high school and I remember do you know like the concept of like inside memes in a way like I don't know a a lot of younger listeners might not remember that there was a point when 
Donald Glover, amongst his myriad talents, was really, really good at Twitter. And I remember one time he posted about the concept of inside memes, which were pretty much just like memes that like you do to death just within your circle of friends. So it was like an right. inside joke, but like it took on like another life. To me, this song and the video in particular was like one of the earlier inside memes amongst my friends. Because I just remember like watching the video. I was in high school and I remember watching the video and it was it was also not just prime piercing time, but also prime that era of music videos where everything looked really oily. <laughs> Like, if you recall, like, right. there's a lot of pop punk vi- videos that were like that, too. Newfound Glory, a lot of those bands leaned into that really oily lens look for music videos. Mm-hmm. But this one was just oily in general. Like, the guys are oily. The entire essence of the song is pretty oily. But I remember just, like, laughing hysterically anytime this video would come on, which, for whatever reason, happened a lot when I was just, like, sitting around at a particular group of friends' house and, like, watching MTV or whatever, but the video would come on and I remember <laughs> I was I was talking this about this song with with Elizabeth last night, my wife, and I told her how the girl I dated in high school said, and this is a direct quote, that Shifty Shellshock was the most attractive man she's ever seen in her life. Wow. Yeah. And like I mean, there was there was no response to that aside from hysteric laughter from myself and my <laughs> friends. But the funniest part of the video I remember is, you know, this is also peak. Actually, it was early nautical star tattoo era. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Shifty was ahead of the curb a bit on that. And there's a point in the video where the nautical stars on his shoulders, I believe, descend to the sky, like maybe to heaven. Mm-hmm. And I remember, uh, shout out James Feedy, who I know you know as well. But I just remember him pointing at the tv and laughing like his nautical <laughs> stars are coming off his body <laughs> yeah that that is pretty amazing this song to me sounds like if spencer's gifts yeah. morphed into a song yeah this is what it would be yeah and, that's alarmingly accurate and uh don't know i i never really thought about this song as an actual song it's it's always it's been playing through what seems like my entire life my entire life but i never actually yeah broke down the music to it, which it's got a cool bass line. You brought that up to me earlier this week. It's musically sound, but it's also pierced white guys rapping. So and heavy, heavy asterisk on how good the bass line is, because I don't know if you, you went down this rabbit hole enough, but like it's a sample. It's uh, the guitar and the bass. Are you ready for this? Okay is a sample of a Red Hot Chili Peppers jam from wow i think their their first like massive album like literally there's an instrumental track i think it's instrumental i i pulled up the youtube a few weeks ago when the thought of thinking about this song again for the first time in a while was presented to me cuz yeah that bass riff is so sick it's very non-sustainable i think you would agree as a bass player can you imagine being on stage for whatever it was like three and a half minutes and having to just like chug through that bass riff the entire time not easy but they didn't even write it
that's Flea. It's Flea. It's wow. I, I, I don't know. I'd love to go deeper and find out if the bassist, whoever played on on that record, sat there and busted out the riff, or if it's straight up a sam. I think it's a sample lifted from this wow. jam from the Red Hot Chili Peppers album. And to me, that's like like I said, a heavy asterisk. The best thing about this song, which I mean, spoiler warning i know we'll get more into it later but like i think this is a despicable song i i you know i truly believe most songs are inherently good i can't find anything good about this song except for the fact that that bass riff is really sick but yeah it's it's essentially if you know it was another episode of the show if you're talking about someone like i don't know like the click five and you're like yeah you know i i like the bass bass riff and someone's like oh yeah but you know they just took like man overboard by blink 182 and sampled the baseline it's not even you know like their biggest hit crazy right. town's biggest hit the best thing about it is not them <laughs> is was taken from very very prolific uh musicians especially the bass player we're recording this on a very historic day trump is over and i am reading right now that in 2016 that of course crazy town went on a tour called Make America Rock Again, <laughs> which... Whoa. I, Were they pro-Trump? You know, I want to, in my heart, believe they're not, but... The piercing tra- era was very, very like, look, I don't get involved in politics. I'm just... I just take off my shirt and do my job. R- right. So I will say that Trapped was on that tour. Okay. <laughs> and Saliva and Puddle of Mud and Scott Stapp and... Okay, so undeniably, this was a pro-Trump tour i fuel was on it i like to believe my heart fuel wasn't pro trump but this song is just very trumpy it's the most yeah it's probably one of the most trump things ever recorded do you remember also (laughs) again Uh, like i didn't know if other people thought this this song was funny because it was you know this is before twitter this is before like any social media where you could find your common ground with people you don't really know so i thought this song was only funny to my friends and i and then I don't know if you remember the movie Orange County. Right. Yes. There was like a it was like a big inside meme in the movie Orange County too, where like all these idiots he went to school with in Orange County, which is the red I believe the reddest area of Southern California for sure. So mm-hmm. there is a definitely a connect. Like I'm sure a lot of these like Orange County girls parodied in the movie Orange County that were the joke was that the song Butterfly would come on and they would all just like dance. And it was like, I guess that was the entire joke. And he was just like, man, these people are idiots. I need to get out of here. But it may be those dancing to Butterfly Girls grew up to be problematic Instagram moms that are now like in the, you know, QAnon stuff, hashtag save the children. I think there's definitely a direct connect between Trumpism and this song. Right. You know, a little aside, I'm so glad that it's, hopefully going to be the end of the make America blank again. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. It was never clever. It was, yeah, it was just like terrible branding that worked with in all the wrong ways. And also every time you did that, even if it was a parody of it, it made it sound like you support Trump, even if you, even if you didn't. So I never liked it. It's almost like got milk campaign has somehow lasted till now and still there's parodies of it and i don't understand why yep like got crazy town is probably that that works anything you put anything there and for some reason people accept it as a parody i I don't know why that's a whole other story but i would really 
just right off the bat. I know this is we're going to go down a long road right here, but I really like to get into the lyrics. <laughs> I mean, I got them here. Spoiler alert. There are a lot of them. I guess this would be considered rap music. What is this? What is this style of music? I Man, I mean, you've got a Red Hot Chili Peppers jam sampled as the core being of the song and in execution. I might be beating you to the punch here. It's kind of Juggalo-esque uh, in execution. Yeah, that's a little that's a little rough on on the Juggalos there. I, ICP could have been an influence here. They could have been an influence, but this doesn't even hold a candle to you know what Violent J or, or uh, Shaggy Two Dope would spit. You know, oh, like, Lord no. Give those guys this beat, and you're gonna you're gonna hear something outrageously amazing you're gonna hear raps about buttholes you're gonna hear raps about balls everything every male body part you're gonna hear and i don't really hear that in this song no i i think if there is a genre for this song it's just music for horny teens of that era that you know want to be pierced and oily see you hear you hear horny teens i hear horny 60 year olds in a biker bar okay yeah that works too that's what i hear when i hear this music but who knows but no in between one thing we can agree on this is music for horny people yeah absolutely um but i don't know man i mean music as a whole like there's always been some sort of correlation to horniness at least implied but like yeah this is definitely music for the worst kind of horny people which definitely falls under that trumpism bucket horny Trump supporters. We got to analyze the lyrics and figure out figure out. We got we also got to figure out where Epic and and Shifty Shellshock would fall on the Trumpiness scale. We we got to figure that out cuz we could be really wrong, man. They could <laughs> I'm Shif- very confident we're not. Okay. You don't think Shifty was out there spreading the word for Biden? You don't think? I think we're just a few tweets away from confirming. I just don't want to I don't want to look into that. I think let's just take take the W today for what it is and right. not think about how crazy town's politics play into it. <laughs> All right. So the song starts out. Come my lady, come, come my lady. You're my butterfly sugar baby. Come my lady. You're my pretty baby. I'll make your legs shake. You make me go crazy. Let me cut okay. in there because it's, it's really important to talk about. Like I said, this, song was such a big inside joke with with my high school friends and i i remember a friend at the make your leg shake i remember stopping and saying like oh that means he's good at sex which i mean it's all implied and and is it a double entendre with come is it come here but also coming or is it just is the come here not even part of it are we just going straight come it's spelled c-o-m-e here in in the lyrics but you can spell it that way I don't know. Uh, no, a hundred percent. Like, I don't even know if it's an implied entendre. I think it's. I mean, "come" has traditionally been used in lyrics in that way, and like, I would assume Shifty was leaning into that as hard as he could. Yeah, I mean, he's saying you'll make your your legs shake. Yeah, he's obviously and, a, a, the king of sex. So yes, uh, the king of come. I would actually maybe call him <laughs> such a sexy, sexy, pretty little thing. Fierce nipple pierce. You got me sprung with your tongue ring. Yeah. Pierce, piercing music. Yeah. We're, we're not, nipple pierce and tongue ring mentioned in the same line. Peak piercing music. Do you know how many people probably heard this song at that time? Like, I would love to see 
the profit margins at like a what was that place claire's like those and like piercing pagoda those places in like midwestern malls where like i would assume when this song was at its peak it was just lines out the door like the fucking line to get your tux uh at american commodore for prom I'd imagine this song had a similar effect on the business at Piercing Pagodas. Right. And I ain't gonna lie, because your loving gets me high. So to keep you by my side, there's nothing I won't try. Jesus, that's so horny. <laughs> well, also, when he was... Wait, who wrote... I don't know. Was it was it Shifty who's writing this? And is he writing it down? Is he freestyling this? Is I I don't I don't know I don't know who who wrote these lyrics but I mean it's before the notes app I assume like it was just like a scrawling in a notebook at one of his like horniest oiliest moments butterflies in her eyes and looks to kill time is passing I'm asking could this be real because I can't sleep I can't hold still the only thing I really know is she got sex appeal damn <sighs> I can feel too much is never enough you're always there to lift me up. When these times get rough, I was lost, now I'm found, ever since you've been around. See, it gets a little, ro- it, that's a less horny verse. It's pretty romantic. It's getting, it's getting a little too romantic. I think we got to bring it back. I think it, ha- it comes back around. Don't worry. You're the woman that I want. So, yo, I'm putting it down. I don't deserve you unless it's some kind of hidden message to show you my life is precious. Then I guess it's true. To tell the truth, I really never knew. Till I met you, I was lost and confused, twisted and used up. Knew a better life existed, but thought that I missed it. My lifestyle is wild. I was living like a wild child, trapped on a short leash, paroled the police files. And yo, what's happening now? I see the sun breaking, shining through dark clouds in a vision of you standing out in the crowd. That was my favorite. I I can picture the point in the video where he looks into the crowd and, and there's a v- extremely early 2000s looking babe looking right back at him right imagine yeah, this everything everything you've read so far just imagine that as biden's inauguration speech <laughs> it could happen it could happen i this this song had to be played at trump rallies though absolutely absolutely yeah and w- not one of those weird things where like you know how he's he's played like foo fighters songs and like yeah. <laughs> grow real publicly he's like hey knock it off dude you don't have permission to use my song like i would imagine crazy town's like well you know like regard i mean we're we're pretty sure they're pro-trump at this point um maybe that's an unfair generalization but like at the very least i know shifty would take those trump bucks yeah you know who took the trump bucks in 2016 three doors down hell yeah they did of course there's zero doubt in my mind that three doors they performed i think they did. I'm I'm skipping ahead a little bit here. Some of these lyrics are kind of boring to me. I want to get I want to get to the hot stuff. And I think the hot stuff starts with, "Hey sugar mama, come and dance with me. The smartest thing you ever did was take a chance with me." So <laughs> so whatever tickles your fancy, girl, it's you like Sid and Nancy. So sexy, almost evil, talking about butterflies in my head. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It goes a little off the rails at that yeah, point. Yeah. I used to think happy endings were only in the books I read, but you made me feel alive when I was almost dead. You filled that empty space with love. I used to chase, and as far as I can see, it don't get better than this. So, Butterfly, here's a song, and it's sealed with a kiss and a thank you, miss. I don't even understand the 
rhyme scheme. <laughs> no, it's, it's pretty all over the place for sure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And yeah, I mean, the horniness definitely falls off more into sweetness and romantic towards the end. But I know, like, I can picture that's when his nautical star tattoos ascend to the heavens. So I guess it makes sense. Maybe this song's a little bit more romantic than I thought. Now that I read the lyrics like this, it seems a little more loving and tender than just horny. Yeah, it's a relationship, I think, that started with lust and eventually became something, a very special connection. All right. Um, I mean, you might be right. That's pretty much it as far as the lyrics. There's some some repeats. And, and yeah, it's based on the sample of Pretty Little Ditty off Red Hot Chili Peppers' album Mother's Milk. This song was a number one single on the Hot 100. Hell yeah. You know, this song has done more than times a thousand than any song that I've ever been a part of. Does it say what couple weeks it was number one so this song was number one on march 24th and april 7th of 2001 but in between there there was a week where you're gonna like this tony where it fell to number two for a week to shaggy angel oh wow see i knew i'm both of those that screams post bush inauguration i knew it had to be (laughs) and it also around this time was survivor by destiny's child thank you by dido was popular at this time. Oh, right. Yeah. Love Don't Cost a Thing, Jennifer Lopez. Put It On Me, Ja Rule. It was a rough time. It was a really rough time for, for popular music. Yeah, man. So I kind of understand. Like The biggest albums of that year were Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park. And I mean, I respect Linkin Park, I guess, but still not my thing. There's All That You Can't Leave Behind by U2, which I would assume is like the album that probably had beautiful day i don't know why why else a u2 album would be big after like the early 90s yeah they had a like a a deeds resurgence i remember they had a they had a pretty awesome song on the mr deeds soundtrack but that was even a little after this right now we're looking at it yeah it's always good to get that deeds momentum going for you but this was also pre 9-11 when you you look at like that's when i think rock music as a whole like people like wait we don't have to listen to Butterfly by Crazy Town. Like that's when you saw like the strokes mm-hmm. popping off. I think even like the indie stuff was so good around that era. Like we thankfully had like, that was like prime, like Vagrant Records era. So I think we lucked out as like non-mainstream right. music listeners. But that said, yeah. And also it's crazy that this was like the peak of record sales in general. It's very possible that the worst era, like, year or two of mainstream music was the highest selling era for the record business. And then it all came crashing down, I guess, 
Kind of post Butterfly. You know, Butterfly might be responsible for people not paying for music anymore if you think about it. I didn't think about that at all, but if what you're saying is true and this was like the peak of people actually buying music, then maybe a lot of people bought the Crazy Town album. They, they got it, they listened to it, and they're like, no, we're not going to pay for this anymore. It might be Crazy Town's fault why we can't make money from album sales anymore. Very possible. Or it could could have even been someone like like a Sean Parker with Napster at the time just being like, there's got to be a better way. And that was like the catalyst for the complete dismantling of the record business, streaming. I'd be interested to see what Butterfly's numbers are like on Spotify and whatnot. I know you guys sent through like a playlist mm-hmm. with a bunch of uh, Crazy Town stuff on Spotify. And I think numbers are public on Spotify. I didn't look into it. But also it's funny because I use Apple Music. So do I, yeah. That's like what I pay for. So I don't know if when you get this, like you're you're listening to these this Crazy Town playlist on the free version of Spotify. So I'm, I'm sitting through ads and everything. And also I have the feature turned on to where even though I never use Spotify, it still shows in my Facebook feed everything I'm listening to. That's probably right. a pretty easy fix, but there's definitely a point <laughs> last night where... Like, yep, people are seeing that I'm listening to Crazy Town right now. (laughs) I don't think there's a damn thing wrong with that. So I got curious and checked what the drop-off was between their biggest song and their second biggest song on Spotify. Right. So from Butterfly at number one to Starry-Eyed Surprise at number two, it is a 186 million number drop. Wow. Wow. What's the number next to Butterfly? So the number next to Butterfly is 195,740,894 listens. Wow. That seems like a taste. That's right around where I'd expect Butterfly to be. I think there's enough nostalgia for it, but it's not. You know, I I don't see it moving mountains in the streaming era. I, I am curious, since you did listen to the playlist, were there any songs that jumped out at you as you being upset that you actually were kind of liking it? No. Um, <laughs> that's a hard no, I would say. Um, Starry Eyed was definitely like I remember that. I know it's it's a Oakenfold song, which I remember. I don't know much about that dude, but I know he had a moment. But overall, like I guess I mean I love tunes, and I usually believe there's there's something enjoyable in in most songs and most music. But I will give them this: they they bounce genres in a very bad but impressive way going through this catalog like there's songs that sound just like lincoln park there's songs that are even more juggalo-esque than butterfly the song dark side jumps out at me is a like when i listen to it everything about it is like even the beat i'm like this should be on an icp album yeah i think that's fair get into shifty shell shock a little bit here aka seth binzer surprisingly crazy town was part of Ozfest in 2000 but they got kicked off 
after two weeks because Shifty decided to smash a window with a chair. All right. But then they released Butterfly after that, after that happened, which is wild. And then they got huge and they were back on OzFest the next year after the success of Butterfly. And I don't know who was on OzFest that year, but they were made fun of by the attendees who called them the Butterfly Boys, which I think is absolutely incredible. That's a great nickname. Yeah, it's amazing. Butterfly Boys is actually a pretty good name for a band. Yeah, and then after that, they had another single called Revolving Door. It didn't chart. And then they appeared in P. Diddy's Bad Boy for Life music video. Oh, right. Yeah. How did they find that? That was an elite. Damn. I mean, they rolled out the big guns. Isn't Travis Barker? I think I think that's the one he played drums in. Good. Props to them for finding their way into that. Yeah. How did P. Diddy? I don't know. How, how, how He let him in. I, I don't know. P. Diddy's a butterfly boy. I guess that might be what it is. That's probably. This. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they eventually broke up shortly because they had too much pressure to make another butterfly from the label. They reformed and they had a release called Crazy Town is Back in, t- in 2008. It's a clever title. And then uh, DJ AM, I guess, was their DJ? Right, yeah. He died of a drug overdose, sadly. And then Shifty and, Shifty and Epic recorded a third album uh, named Brimstone Sluggers, which was what the band was originally called. And then they eventually split apart. Like Epic wasn't part of it anymore. So then Crazy Town just became Shifty. That happens, though. I mean, like, some of the, like, think about, like, you know, Saves the Day, something like that. It's always been Chris. Crazy Town's always been shifty. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, I got another pretty big number crunch that I think you guys will appreciate. I told our our mutual buddy, Brendan Walter, I was coming on here to talk Butterfly today, and he reminded me that he reached out about crazytown.com, like the domain, which is available. Guess how how much it costs. Guess how much the asking price for crazytown.com is. In oh, 2020, man. I'm gonna say quarter of a million, two two hundred fifty thousand dollars would be my guess. It's only ninety six thousand dollars, which to me was a Ooh. shocking sticker price. But maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. I guess I could have guessed. It. I should have guessed that it would be worth quite a bit more too. That sounds like a little bit of a bargain. I bet maybe we could maybe we could start a Kickstarter. Round up the Butterfly Boys because we should absolutely buy that domain. Do you think we could get ninety six people to to <laughs> to contribute a thousand dollars? To we could get butterflyboys.com right now for on, on GoDaddy. And that p- could be link us to our Kickstarter where we could try to get ninety-six people to pitch in a thousand dollars to buy crazytown.com. But what do we do with it once we buy it? Why aren't we trying to get a dollar from ninety-six thousand people? <laughs> we that that might be another way to do it. But if we get crazytown.com, what are we gonna do with it? Is the question. I think, I think obviously just- <laughs> Obviously, the best thing to do with it would be to direct it to the Butterfly music video. <laughs> that would be the kindest thing to do, but I feel like 2024 is not that far away. And if we can create the Butterfly Boy party with a convincing agenda, I don't know. I think uh, we can keep Kanye out of office. I think people would rather vote for Butterfly Boys. Rerouted to this specific episode of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. That too, yeah. So... When Epic left the band officially in 2017 and it became just Shifty in the band, he changed the name. It's not Crazy Town anymore. It's now Crazy Town X. And when people asked him about the addition of the letter X, 
He said that it's used by gangs to symbolize a territory they had just won. So, in essence, Shifty, as a gang of one, took over the territory that was Crazy Town. Gotta respect that. And I, Yeah, I gotta respect that too. And in 2018, Shifty began working on a double album titled The Beautiful and Insane. Nice. And it was with a new group of musicians. And in 2019, <laughs> their van crashed into a moose during a Canadian Jesus tour. Jesus Christ. Sending them to the hospital with bruises and cuts. End of Crazy Town story. That's where the story ends, is <laughs> hitting a moose... And as far as I know, that's the end, which is an amazing end. No one was actually hurt that bad, just bruises and cuts. Damn, I mean, you've hit a deer right. in a tour van. So imagine a moose. Jesus, man. Props? I mean, like, if Crazy Town comes back after that, then you got to roll out the red carpet of respect because that, that would be huge. Right. I want to see the Crazy Town resurgence. We got to get that domain. So if anybody wants to contribute, we're going to try to get the Kickstarter started before this <laughs> or GoFundMe or something. We're one way or another, we got to buy crazytown.com. 96 grand, that's a steal. Well, if with the election wrapping up, like I'm sure, you know, from donating to progressive causes, maybe you've gotten these emails too, the ones that are just like, it's not looking good, Chris. And <laughs> yeah. like, so if we can figure out like how to send those kind of emails, like hyper targeted to people like we're not feeling good about getting crazytown.com but you can help here's how right. i think if we just like hit people with those i don't know like seven eight times a day i think eventually it'll it'll pay off yeah i i i couldn't agree more man i'm thinking about it now when you think about crazy town butterfly would you consider it one hit thunder or one hit blunder? It's this is a real this is a tough one. No, I don't think it's to me. It's it's a blunder in every sense, in terms of like quality. Like I said, the, that even that sick, completely unsustainable baseline is from a much more talented but also silly band. But I mean, in terms of performance, thunder as hell. Everyone knows this song. I would say that shifty is a blunder in every imaginable way from the way he looks to his lyrics to his delivery to the fact that he hit a moose everything about <laughs> this dude is just it's a blunder it's 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 really a blunder but when it comes to crazy town i'm going to have to i'm going to have to give him one hit thunder I mean, that's fair I, I mean, the song lives on. It lives on in memes. It lives on in strip clubs. And it will continue living on. And it it's something that the success of Crazy Town Butterfly is something that I probably will never accomplish in my entire life. No matter what I do, I will never reach that pinnacle of whatever, a fifth of a, fifth of a billion Spotify plays. It's pretty impressive. And... Sure, the music is trash. Anyone who actually enjoys this song non-ironically has to be pure trash. But yet, I, I, I can't deny it. it. It's thunder. This is pure one-hit thunder. I mean, you might not be able to get those stream numbers, but we can always buy crazytown.com. That's all we can hope, man. Oh, but before we go, do you want to tell people about your, your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually... New episode dropping as we record this this week. Episode two is coming out, but should be a few episodes in by the time this this goes up. I got a podcast called Good Nature, and 
considerably different subject material, but I, you know, myself, I'm a creative professional dealing with a chronic condition. And essentially, I'm interviewing people from the worlds of entertainment, sports, music, etc., that are dealing with similar challenges. It's pretty serious, but, you know, we're having some fun with it, and it's called Good Nature, and you can find it anywhere you stream podcasts, and I'd love for you guys to check it out. It's great. The first episode was amazing. Thanks, man. Can't wait to hear more. I'm subscribed. I left a review. I couldn't help but think I kind of, while, while you were telling people about your podcast, I was sort of drifting away and realizing that I hope that Shifty doesn't listen to this. I don't think that... I, I think we got to have a little message for Shifty. We assumed a lot of things about him. And for all we know, the dude could be out there doing a lot of good. We don't know that he's not. Actually, I actually I, I need to know. I need to know before we go here. Making it, it extend the official invitation to not just come on this podcast, but, but also mine. I'd love to talk to Shifty about his trials and tribulations and, and hear his side of the story. Oh, no. Okay, here's what here before we go, we we have to cover this. In 2001 in an interview with Rolling Stone, Shifty admitted to spending 3 months in California institution for men following an attempted burglary, to selling and using recreational drugs over a period of several years, as well as to struggling with drug addiction. I don't hold anything against him for that. He has a son named Gage. Nice. Oh my god. The dude in the biggest piercing band ever has a son named Gage. That's- yeah, that's that's beautiful. That is beautiful. I'm starting my I'm starting to see my tide turning on Shifty a little bit here. In 2010, he was in a relationship with Jasmine Leonard, and in 2011, police responded to a report of a domestic disturbance between the pair. Oh man. Uh Shifty, they call him Binzer. Binzer was arrested for outstanding warrants and released later that day. And then in a video interview with TMZ, he said that it was simply a noise complaint and the outstanding warrant uh, was for counter-assaulting a security guard who was using unnecessary force when trying to throw him out of a club. Okay. Got to hear both sides. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's not so bad. Binzer was again arrested in 2012 for battery and cocaine possession and sentenced to three years probation. Binzer and Leonard have a son named Phoenix. In 2013, Leonard asked California court for exclusive custody of their son claiming that Benzer smoked crack in front of him and once left a crack pipe in his room. Jeez. Then he was on celebrity rehab one yeah. and two on VH one. Sounds like a lot of drug problems, which I'm not going to hold against him. I will say he looks like a total asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like such an asshole. Like I would never want to even be around this guy. Uh, I do see his nautical star tattoos and as far as your old girl from, from back in the day who thinks this is the most attractive man, I would be interested to know, looking at the picture I'm looking at right now, if she still holds that opinion. I don't think it matters because his beauty was so solidified in the butterfly video that like it's, you, know, you, can't, you can't take that away from him. His beauty is now, he lives on eternally. I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel. I mean, I feel for a person if they have drug problems and I don't, I wouldn't hold that against somebody, but it seems like a little sketchy otherwise oh no i found i finally found something good i found you're gonna like this you guys are gonna like this in 2009 (laughs) shifty attended the babes in toyland toy drive okay that's yeah that's something (laughs) i mean i don't know if he donated any toys he attended i'm gonna assume he did no i wouldn't i wouldn't assume anything i think we just got to give him credit for where it's due that he went to a thing that seemed good. Yeah. <laughs> that's enough. That's actually enough for me. 
I mean, smoking crack in front of your son or whatever, maybe not the best decision. Going to a toy drive. Good decision. I think that's a pretty good decision. So I'm going to go all the way around. The guy wrote one of the greatest horny songs of all time. He went to a toy drive in 2009. Not going to hold the drugs against him. Uh, Yeah, I say thunder all around. Shifty, I take back every bad thing I said about you in this episode. And I'm going to give the song one hit thunder. I've decided official thunder. Hell yeah. All right, man. It's been great having you on. Great episode. This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Fafalios of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah, and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, once again, is the new Punchline song, Be Right There, which is now streaming everywhere. Punchline also has a music special that will be streaming on Amazon Prime on the 20th of November, so be sure to check that out. Let us know your thoughts on the show by emailing us at onehitthunderpodcast at gmail.com and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. Tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little, little taste of it right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love or want to love or hate yeah imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that that uh has impacted your life uh and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week so triangulate your speakers think about jumping off the bed singing along dancing like an idiot and listen to axe grind podcast